0: Hi, I'm Brandon Briscoe, and welcome to another episode of The Postscript, Living Faith Bible Institute's weekly podcast and YouTube series devoted to interviewing pastors and professors from LFBI and across the Living Faith Fellowship. And each week we come together, we're having conversations about ministry, about theology, and sometimes we have conversations about church history. And I think that that church history is an area in which many Christians know very little about, But as they say, uh, you can always learn a lot from the past and uh, what things have come before you. And so history is very informative in how we should move forward with our faith. We can learn a lot from it. And so I think it's important for us to consider uh, how the church has changed and progressed, both for good and bad over the last couple thousand years. Now, today we're gonna to be talking about modern missions, and maybe you've heard that term thrown around before, uh, but uh, today I've invited a very good friend of mine, Pastor James Fife, a missionary and professor of missions here at Living Faith Bible Institute, to talk to us about modern missions and what we can learn from it and why it's so important and significant, how it's impacted to us even today as, as missionaries and ministers of the gospel, and so, James, uh, and welcome. I'm glad to have you on the show, man.
1: Thank you, Brandon.
0: Good to have you here, man. Great to be here. Um, so we, before we get started, this is a subject that I think a lot of people aren't familiar with, right? And uh, so they'll hear the term modern missions, mm-hmm. uh, but they don't necessarily know what that, what that means, what that implies. So could you maybe just start by defining for us what modern missions is?
1: Yeah, sure. I think I'll start a little farther back and give us a quick ramp up. Okay. The part that people are familiar with: Jesus had his twelve disciples. Luke nine, he sends out the twelve, and Luke ten, he sends out the seventy. Then, so it's the beginning of of missions. It's being sent by Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very had some unique characteristics at that time: uh, a kingdom of heaven focus. So go and, and do the works, preach, heal, and um, you know, sheep among wolves, kind of the things that Jesus told them. Yeah.
0: And, we, you, and we've talked, just to pause there, we've talked about the differences between kingdom of God and kingdom yeah. of he- heaven in other episodes, uh, but just briefly, kingdom of heaven means a focus on uh, the kingdom of the nation of Israel mm-hmm. with the Messiah reigning on right. the throne. So
1: physical, right. re- tied to this earth, tied yeah. to, yeah, the yeah. physical things. And that was really right.
0: the focus, when Jesus was on earth with his disciples, that right. was the focus. That's,
1: they were, they were kind of giving that gospel message. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Jesus dies, resurrects, Mm -hmm. um, great commission given to his disciples. They don't do a great job with that initially. You get up to Acts 9 and they're still all gathered together. And uh, Stephen's uh, martyrdom, the killing of Stephen, and then the subsequent persecution that comes ends up scattering the the believers out of Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. So this is the beginning of missions, you know, in antiquity. Yeah, um, that's not modern missions. Right. 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 Um, but that's where we came from. And in the first few hundred centuries after that, um, missions was was really based and driven out of persecution. Mm-hmm. The early church just was under persecution after persecution after persecution. It's like every you know Roman leader who came yeah. along was let's just kill all the Christians. Yeah. Um, it was a very good time mm-hmm. to be a Christian. Uh, in that, you know, the gospel was was stretching to every corner of the Roman Empire. Yeah. Uh, Christians didn't have a very long lifespan, didn't have a very favorable death. Uh, but in spite of that, the gospel was going forth. It was good in the sense that there were no lukewarm Christians, mm-hmm. right? You knew the cost, mm-hmm. you were all in or you weren't. Yeah. And so that was good for Christianity, um, you know i got to tilt this up so I can see it. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> but uh, I want to read something real quick from Fox's Book of Martyrs, referring to those first 200, 300 years. It said, In that age, every Christian was a missionary. The soldier tried to win recruits. The prisoner sought to bring his jailer to Christ. The slave girl whispered the gospel in the ears of her mistress. The young wife begged her husband to be baptized. Everyone who had experienced the joys of believing tried to bring others to the faith. Mm-hmm. So that kind of characterized that that early time period right um and then after that if you look broadly at history you go from about 500 to 1500 you have the dark ages Mm -hmm. uh, or the middle ages right yeah i guess we're not supposed to call them the dark ages anymore it hurts the dark ages feelings yeah i've heard that so it was pretty dark especially in moments yeah yeah so you have you have this thousand year period um where in terms of missions, you know, persecution was still going on; Christians still existed. Um, but I, I guess one big takeaway out of out of out of this segment of history is the idea that Satan is okay with there being a Bible, so long as the Bible is a relic, so mm-hmm. long as it's you know tied to a, a lectern and, and delivered yeah. in a language that yeah. no one can understand, and right. that's largely what you had. Mm-hmm that time period coming out of that you move into the scientific revolution kind of beginning right after that yeah the Uh, renaissance and the enlightenment and then the enlightenment so then yeah you had all the great thinkers Mm -hmm. uh of the time and around that same time so around that same enlightenment period uh, the early mid 1700s early 1800s you also had the beginning of what is known as modern missions Mm -hmm. so that's how we got there Um, A few other things that happened, just maybe important things historically, kind of through that timeline in late 1400s, the printing press was invented. Mm -hmm. uh, So helping to bring us out of the dark ages. Yeah. Mass production of all
0: kinds of literary content, but particularly the Bible.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, John Calvin was born in the 1500s, Mm -hmm. kind of a big figure. We won't talk much about him, but just throwing him in there. Yeah. And then of course the production of the King James Bible mm-hmm. in 1611 also had a big impact on getting us to where we were in, in, you know, the 1700s. Right. So 17. But, go ahead. But also in terms of
0: missions, like one of the things that I think is Im- important about this timeframe, um, is that, that travel became easier as well. Right. So yeah. yeah, in terms of traveling the seas and the oceans, um, there was better trade routes were better established. Um, technological advancements in terms of, of mm-hmm. boats and travel, I think, probably had at least had some implications on on missionaries who, who ended up traveling. I, I would assume so.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You saw a lot more um, big travel then. Of course, you had, you know, America becoming a nation in 1776, mm-hmm. yeah. so crossing the Atlantic right, became right. commonplace yeah. as well. Um, yeah, so around that time, you have what's known as the first Great Awakening, mm-hmm. the 1730s to late. 1780s or so. And uh, you had a guy named William Carey okay. show up on the scene. Yeah. And he is known as the father of modern missions. Mm-hmm. So really, when we're talking about modern missions, this is where where it all begins. And uh, this period of missions, you know, it's, it's, it's a little weird to call modern missions, um, you know, this 300 year period since the 1700s mm-hmm. up to today. It's a large period. Um, but we still would say that's the birth of modern missions, right? So uh, William Carey was a common man; he was a cobbler, he fixed shoes. He was largely self-educated, uh, but he got a hold of the Bible, and God got a hold of his life. Mm-hmm. And he, as he read the Bible, he became convinced that it was that that the the Great Commission was given to every Christian, and this was kind of a um, uh, a, a new, or maybe a reintroduced idea. It wasn't novel in that the early Christians got that,
0: right? right. But that yeah. that idea it had was been like built,
1: in, it was like baked into the early church, right?
0: But throughout the Dark Ages and all the changes in Christianity culturally, mm-hmm. the idea, the concept of the Great Commission, wasn't really on the on the tips of people's tongues.
1: I, I assume, right? And especially in England, yeah, at that time, uh, you know, being scientific and being enlightened and being great thinkers and having all kinds of Better options, yeah, and lots of theological conversations, mm-hmm. but not necessarily,
0: um, you know, the the commission conversations about about going and doing and being, yeah, you know, more about the ideas of what Scripture teaches versus what it implies for our lives,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so, you know, William Carey gets really worked up about the idea of the Great Commission, mm. and he starts telling people. He starts studying the Bible. He comes becomes pastors of, of small churches and. And uh, gets together in in a in a big fellowship meeting and and starts telling people he goes hey I think we should actually uh, be sending missionaries and uh, he was met with a little bit of uh, of opposition very different hmm. from the early Christians like they didn't immediately cut his head off or feed him to lions right actually the opposition was. Um, you know, people said things like if God wants to save the Indians or, or the nation of India or Africa or any other place, then God himself will do it. And he definitely doesn't need you. Right. That's more of a reformed right way of thinking about it. Yeah. 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 So I threw, I threw. And, and so who was that, that opposition leader. specifically? Uh, Andrew other Fuller. Oh, yeah. Okay. Some of the, some of the pastors and elders, just other people in the church, they were very comfortable in the church that they had in England. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they were, they were wealthy on the world stage, they were powerful and, and they had really everything they needed. Yeah. Why rock the boat? Exactly. Yeah. And so that was kind of the idea is that, uh, you know, we don't need to be missionaries was the general mindset. We'll mm. let God go out and do it. Uh, an unfortunate mindset that had been brought into the church, as I mentioned, probably 200 years prior, yeah. uh, with John Calvin. And so Carey wrote that God's plan is the establishment of his kingdom through humankind. Uh, and so he still, you know, had a very kingdom of heaven focused and the idea of bringing in a kingdom, but he, what he got was the idea of missions yeah, and the need to go and do it. Um, people told him no way. And he said, well, I'm going to do it then with or without you. <laughs> yeah. So what that look like? So, you know, so Kerry is famous for saying a couple of things. Uh, one, he wrote this phrase, expect great things from God, attempt great things for God. Mm. And so it really looked like that. That became his his life and his mantra. And, and it's been repeated a lot in churches and in Christianity, uh, just this idea that uh, we can expect absolutely everything from God, and he can do absolutely anything. Mm-hmm. But what he expects of us is just to trust and, and to go and to try, mm-hmm. right, and to do these things that may seem kind of wild. So for him, actually, for you know a number of years, he just had to stay there and keep trying to persuade people to, to get behind the cause. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't have any support. He was told no way. Eventually, he writes um, what's commonly known as the Inquiry, uh, but is fully known as an inquiry into the obligations of Christians to use means for the conversion of the heathen. Mm. It was a little—we'd call it like a pamphlet or a tract right. with the longest title yeah. ever.
0: That was fairly common in uh, yeah, yeah, back in the day, is to is to write some sort of you know grand thesis with a huge title title takes up two
1: pages, right? The rest of the books, four pages. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of what it was. But, but what he said is that, that multitudes sit at ease and give themselves no concern about the far greater part of their fellow sinners, who to this day are lost in ignorance and idolatry, Mm. which was a really, um, strong attack on his fellow countrymen in the state of Christianity at that time, you know, here we are, we sit in ease, we have the easy Christian life, uh, and a comfortable life. And a Mm -hmm. lot of the world still hasn't ever heard. Right. And that burdened him.
0: Mm.
1: And so, you know, he ends up uh, making the plea for India. India was his target. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he said, uh, there is a, there is a, Oh, Andrew Fuller eventually comes back around. It takes a few years, but Andrew His Fuller... His initial opposition. Right. Okay. Yeah. And some of these other elders, they end up actually coming back around and and getting on board and saying, hey, well, okay, missions, maybe this is a good idea. Mm-hmm. And uh, Andrew Fuller said, there is a gold mine in India, but it seems as deep as the center of the earth. Who will venture to explore it? And Carey responded, I will go down. Um but remember that you must hold the rope, mm-hmm. and so from there you get the foundation of of what we would call modern missions and a couple of key ideas. One, that idea that every uh, nation deserves to hear the gospel, or even every people, every tribe, and so that was born out of Carrie's idea to attempt great things for God, mm-hmm. and then the idea of rope holders too. We use yeah. that term, you know, yeah. among us, among some of our other missionaries that we support. Yeah,
0: it's a great thought it's a great concept oh man
1: yeah the idea the imagery and even the way that that it that it sprung out of just mm-hmm. it's beautiful yeah so yeah maybe and, explain that because we use that term around here pretty casually
0: yeah um what you know when we use that word what, what do we mean by that
1: so what, what we commonly mean would be like a, a prayer support or a partner to the missionary mm-hmm. right and i think we've even and cheapened it a little bit and loosened it. Not to say that prayer isn't important. Prayer is extremely important, extremely powerful. Mm -hmm. But literally what what Carrie was saying in response to Fuller, Fuller was saying, yeah, I'm on board now. Somebody should mine India Mm because souls are like gold and it's full of them. Uh, But it's just so deep. No one knows how to get down there. Mm -hmm. And, And what Carrie was saying is I'll go down there. It's just that You've got to hold that rope. So you're literally responsible, you know, for my, my, my life and my safety mm-hmm. and, and my lifeline and my mm-hmm. communication. It goes far beyond um, maybe what happens commonly in the church where you have like a, a once in a while you get an update from a missionary and you go, oh yeah, I remember that guy. Yeah. Or just, you just, th- you know, like you throw up a prayer.
0: Sure. Or you just have, have you missionary. know, a certain amount of money comes out of your account every month and, right. and you're doing your obli- your obligation, your duty but um your heart isn't necessarily tied up in the in the work right yeah yeah.
1: so you have no thought and no Mm no no heart for the work like you said right so if your hands are on the rope and someone's on the other end of it uh, i'm a rock climber yeah uh kind of yeah If you enjoy it yeah you go go occasionally yeah yeah um, when it's your responsibility to, to be on the other end of the rope while the person's climbing, that requires all of your attention, mm-hmm. right? It's a two hands on eyes on full attention type thing. Because if, if you take your hands off the rope, if you, you know, get lazy, if you get distracted, if that person were to fall and no hands are on the rope, you get what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. Yeah. So when Carrie said you got to hold the rope, that's exactly what he was implying mm. is that you have to be. Hands on the rope, uh, eyes on the rope, attention on, tuned into this mission as much as me, you know, the, as much as the one who's climbing, the one who's holding the rope has to be tuned in as well. Yeah, that's that's really good and a good a good lesson for us. So, so tell us a little
0: bit about um, Kerry Went. What did that look like um, in terms of his investment in India? What was the the long term impact and and even how successful were people at responding? Both in India, but also in Europe, in terms of help.
1: Yeah, uh, people were shook by what he said. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in Europe, they 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 woke up. Uh, you know, Kerry formed uh, a mission society. This is you know with modern missions, you got the birth of modern of missions. You know, agencies or societies mm-hmm. as well um so that started happening and that kind of caught fire right Uh, even for
0: for for those of us who aren't familiar with Mm -hmm. with those types of organizations that still exist today in different forms they probably don't look the same what what is i mean we're local church focused what is Mm -hmm. a missions organization or society or what does that mean
1: yeah so for carrie it was the idea that um we're a group of people that that it was like a fellowship at that time, where we cross, you know, local church borders and and say we all share this common goal of sending missionaries. Mm-hmm. And for them, it was a, a way to structure kind of a bigger base from which to pull missionaries and support and funds. Mm-hmm. And, it, and in a lot of ways, it is the same today. You'd mm-hmm. have um, like the IMB, which would be a specific missions agency of the, the Southern Baptist. So all Southern Baptist churches are part of. Contribute you know, to that. Contribute to it. Yeah. yeah. Put funds in. But and even have, even in our fellowship, we have something much smaller similar. than that. Yeah, where
0: we, we, we work to help support missionaries that yep. other churches are sending out that are like-minded.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And then you'll have others that are independent of the church completely, mm-hmm. which is really what's, what's grown out in recent years. So you'd have tons of different agencies that are just independent of a church. They're, they're, they're a mission-sending para-church. agency, yeah. parachurch organization. Right. Yeah.
0: Okay. So what would that look like? So, so Kerry has these guys who, who are backing his play, mm-hmm. and then he goes. Mm-hmm. Um, what's that look like?
1: So he goes with his family and uh, one other man. It uh, goes with them. They go to India. It looks extremely difficult. Carry writes in his journal that he had no idea how difficult it would actually mm-hmm. be. In those first few years, his partner ends up uh, abandoning the cause uh, and returning to England. It was too difficult for him. Carry um, struggles to to find a way to you know to learn the language, to connect in the society, to make money. Even you know his family's mm-hmm. starving. At that time, there wasn't even a national language, was there? He ended up learning Bengali. Okay. Yeah, so it's very broken up. India still to this day. Yeah, thousands you know, of dialects. Right. Yeah. Languages all over the place. So, yeah, not a national language, mm-hmm. not a way to reach the whole continent. Probably still not today. No, it's within Satan India.
0: has done a really good job of fracturing that country. Oh, absolutely. Uh, country. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, India is probably the prime example of that, but yeah. you see it in other places mm-hmm. too. So it's extremely difficult for Carrie. He ends up losing one of his children at about the age of five or six. He gets sick and dies of dysentery, malaria, malaria strikes Carrie himself. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then his wife um, basically goes crazy and has a mental breakdown uh, as she struggles through it. And uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of struggles come out of, of her trying to deal with being this white woman in a weird country where nothing makes sense. Mm. And she, yeah, she breaks down and various stories of the difficulties of that. She ends up kind of being confined to a room for the rest of her life. And, you know, and Carrie would write about these things in his journal, which, you know, you can still read in terms of, you know, that would be a great, resource, a great thing to read would be missionary biographies carries is out there, lots of them, Mm -hmm. but he would write about times like that. And he would say things like how difficult this is. And, you know, it's, it's an unimaginable difficulty. And then, you know, the very next sentence would be, but, but the word of God is still true and his promises are still sure. Yeah. And as hard as it was for Carrie, he would always, you know, come back with that same type of echo, no matter what was going on. I've lost my son, but God's promises are still true. And so all told, he ends up spending 41 years in India. Mm. No furlough, never returns. Wow. Gives his life to it. Um, it, It's written that at the time of his death, he could only count 700 converts, which is a funny way to write that. Yeah.
0: I'd be pretty pleased with
1: that in my life. Right. But... In a foreign country after having learned a foreign language and and a culture and starting from zero. Right. Yeah. It's it's exceptional,
0: really. Right. I I can see that someone might interpret it as lesser than at the time, considering they didn't know what to expect. And the only thing to compare it to is Europe, where, you know, everybody, at least on paper, was Christian. Right. Yeah. So at the time, it was probably, you know, it seemed like
1: a small number, maybe. And if you just compare it to the sheer size of India, even Mm -hmm. at that time, hundreds of millions... You know, we're over a billion now, but so you got 700 souls amongst hundreds of millions. Was it worth it? Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. In the eyes of the Lord and in the, you know, if you spent 41 years mining gold and you brought out 700 large nuggets of gold, was that a, worth, a worthwhile investment? Well, probably mm-hmm. considering the price of gold. Well, mm-hmm. souls are worth far more.
0: And to be a pioneer, and maybe you can speak to this too, to be the first one at anything. Mm. I mean, you think about men like David Livingston mm-hmm. um, or the Elliots or whoever it is. The first one is, you know, the Apostle Paul is always the hardest for that first guy to go break the ground. And, mm-hmm. and there's always more sweat and toil when the, the field is unprepared, Mm -hmm. So I think it's really powerful testimony. And I I guess that's probably what makes him the father of modern missions is that he was the one that's kind of set a prototype, right? Yes. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We want to hit pause right here and give you a glimpse of what it looks like to be a part of the
1: Living Faith Bible Institute. Hi, my name is Miles Cheadle and LFBI is an incredible asset for anybody that wants to to learn and to grow in their knowledge of the Word of God. And not just that, but to apply it uh, in ministry and to grow as a minister. Uh, You have incredible uh, preachers and pastors and missionaries uh, that aren't just teaching the Word of God, but they they live it out in their everyday lives. And so it makes the insights that they share incredibly practical uh, for day-to-day ministry. Uh, Again, this is a place to to continually be challenged in the Word. Uh, We don't want to be people that go stagnant in our walks, uh, we need to be put in remembrance. And so even if you say, "Man, I learned these things years ago, well, we need to be put in remembrance and to continue to trust God to grow and to stretch us and to equip us to invest in others. And so if you haven't already, this is something that you want to be a part of. Uh, And so I just encourage you to consider that. Uh, Thank you, bye.
0: To enroll for classes, visit lfbi.org. To support LFBI, Please visit lfbi.org/support.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely true. You know, the the pioneers always pay the highest price. Mm-hmm. It's the hardest for them. Yeah, and in, in any pioneering movement, and and he did. He plowed the ground, and so the things that come out of this, we mentioned. You know, the establishment of of agencies, but the idea of you know, of world missions actually was rebirth because of carry. Mm-hmm. that caught fire. Um, you know, it jumped the pond. Came to America, and we have the haystack prayer meeting. Mm. Um, Tell us about is, that. Yeah, it's it's uh, it was a, a college group of kids led by a guy named Sam Mills, mm. not Sam Miles, <laughs> Samuel Mills, uh, and some friends. They would they would get together and pray, and they got a hold of Carrie's uh, pamphlet. Mm. Actually, one day they were praying over it, and and it started to to rain on them. And so they ran and took cover under a, a haystack and continued praying until the rain let up. And by the time it was done, uh, they decided to give themselves to missions as well. They founded the American Board of of Commissioners for Foreign Missions. So, you know, they just followed Carrie's example and started recruiting missionaries and kind of lead the foundation for what would become campus ministry from there Mm -hmm. forward. You know, you come all the way up into modern campus ministry, and it was really birthed out of that. Wow. So you're, you should be thankful for that. Uh, yeah, I am thankful. Yeah.
0: Um, so what else in terms of Kerry's influence? There was other men that followed right behind him, other big names, mm-hmm. missionaries that we talk about often. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you can tell us some of those guys and, and what kind
1: of influence Kerry had on them. So, yeah. So about a hundred years after Carrie, you get uh, to Hudson Taylor, Yeah. another huge name mm-hmm. in missions. And, and he believed... You know, so to take a step back real quick, you know, Kerry only ever penetrated the coast of India. Mm. He spent his life, uh, you know, just reaching where he landed and settled. And for a long time, that's how missions went, is that, the, again, those pioneers, they they couldn't they didn't press too deep in because they're just establishing, a, you know, a presence and an outpost. At that time, Africa was called the Dark Continent. Mm-hmm. And they believed there was absolutely no Christian presence there. Um, you know, China had almost no very little Christian presence. So a hundred years later, you get to Hudson Taylor and he believed in the idea of getting past the, you know, the coast and actually reaching an entire country or even an entire continent mm-hmm. for Christ. And so he began what he called the the China inland mission. Mm-hmm. And uh, he of course was, was persuaded and influenced by Carey, And he took, you know, the idea of missions a, a step farther in his in his inland approach, in his approach to reach, you know, an entire continent, which is a huge goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but also in his willingness to adapt, uh, local cultural norms. So he was one of the first to, to really try to blend in. So he cut his hair like, like the traditional Chinese haircut, which was like bald in the front and kind mm-hmm. of long in the back. Mm-hmm. And he would wear the tra- traditional Chinese garb and Yeah, things that missionaries had. And I love that. I love the story surrounding that too, because
0: I think when Hudson Taylor was there, he, he went and the other missionaries that had been there um, were often referred to um, by, the, by the local Chinese as, as absurd because they, they dressed in these kind of black suits, traditional, you know, pastoral uh, suits that would have been, tra- you know, common in, in Europe. Yeah. And they're wearing these and um, they had no, they had no access to the people, right? The, the people thought it was absurd and strange and even intimidating. Yeah. And when he realized that he discovered that uh, this, you know, the story goes, he went immediately to the market. He traded his clothes in, right. and he never went back. Like he right. never cha- changed the way that he dressed, you know, as long as he was with the people.
1: And Pretty was powerful. Yeah, and was mocked by other missionaries oh, yeah. who ended up coming his to join. Board, his
0: boards that supported him yep. were like, What are you doing? Why are you doing this? Yeah. You know, he was reaching souls.
1: Yeah, he was. Yeah. He, 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 and so he took what Paul said really literally mm-hmm. to become all things to all men and realized that there are certain exteriors that don't matter. Right. Like how I wear my hair and the clothes that I wear.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You may have personal preference. Right. But when we're talking about souls, like it doesn't matter if I wear. Uh, a hoodie, or if I do have to wear a suit and tie because right. that's culture, or if I put on, you know, these long, weird yeah. looking pajamas, mm-hmm. you go, all right, that's worth it for souls. Yeah. All that's flexible in yeah. light of the gospel. Right. Yeah. So we had China inland missions. Another thing that, that Hudson Taylor did that was unheard of w- was to start including more women in missions. You know, Carrie actually took his wife. And then after that, a lot of people didn't, mm-hmm. um, missionaries would go without their wives, which yeah. seems weird. That does uh, seem weird, but there was a lot of fear, I guess. Yeah, yeah. partially maybe because of the story of Carey mm-hmm. and his own wife. But um, Hudson Taylor brought single women onto the mission field and so opened a whole new door for missionaries uh, mm-hmm. in terms of single
0: women. I, so, I suppose like they served a lot of different needs in terms of nursing and care and hospitality and um, connecting with oh, the, yeah. the women in the community, which would have probably been, especially in some cultures, very faux pas mm-hmm. for a for – a, a man, a white right. man from Europe to engage with women in a local community, that would have probably been very difficult.
1: Yeah, exactly. So again, um, Hudson Taylor's just sensitive to the culture that he's in and mm-hmm. sees the, the the interaction between the sexes as being different in Asia than it was in Europe. Mm-hmm. And so he makes, he's willing to make those adjustments. Yeah, yeah. And invites women. there are women, women that were
0: willing to go, which is a big deal. There's some tough, tough yeah. pretty tough women that were going on the mission field in this time frame.
1: Even still, mm-hmm. I mean, overwhelmingly, you know, if, if you exclude families, two thirds of singles are women, even still on the mission field. Wow. So men are actually underrepresented. Mm. Uh, women are taking the lead in foreign missions. Amazing. Yeah. Well, that's that's a, that's
0: a strong challenge to our young men, I think. Right I think there. so. Yeah.
1: Another step forward, um, you know, late 1800s to even up to the mid 1900s, you have Cameron Townsend. Um, who founded Wycliffe Translators. Mm. Uh, you know, John Wycliffe was a, a man who had lived you know, back in the 1300s and yeah. translated the Bible. But yeah. So th- the idea that the Bible should get into the hands of all peoples and in all languages became huge uh, mm-hmm. as well. You know, it was birthed out of modern missions, mm. um, you know, which... Which was good, the idea of getting the Bible into the hands of the people, back to the idea that Satan's okay with the Bible as long as it's not actually in the hands of the people. if it's not alive. Right. Right. Um, And so part of what broke that, we said, you know, the printing press, King James Bible, we now have it. Now let's get it into a Chinese language. You know, Kerry did that. He translated the Bible into Bengali himself. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, and so these people are working in in translation. So you have a, a big translation movement that comes out of it as well
0: um, which is powerful because even today there's so many uh dialects and languages who don't have uh, any any type of bible you know yeah. um and there's so many that still have inferior translations uh that um that it's it is it is a big deal for people mm-hmm. to have a bible that they can trust in mm-hmm. and um it shouldn't keep people from going mm-hmm. the fact that there isn't a bible in in a particular language i suppose that that's the re- that's all the more reason for missionaries to go right Uh, But nonetheless, the work of translation is a big deal.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So having some Bible is better than having no Bible. Mm -hmm. And and there's a lot to say there. You can get into places that have Bibles that we would say could be improved or weren't based on the right text. Right. Um, There's a big discussion there. But if they have a Bible, uh, use it. Mm-hmm. And use what you got and yeah. preach the gospel with it. Yeah, and absolutely. so that was born out of modern mm-hmm. Um And then also the idea of the, uh, the three self idea, uh, which came about, um, you know, a little actually more recently, even still. So the idea that uh, churches should be indigenous as we're reaching people, indigenous churches should be self-governing, uh, self-supporting and self-propagating. So this is the idea of the, the three self church and missions, meaning England has no authority over a Chinese church. Yeah, And the idea of, uh, of connecting them and actually establishing local churches that have the vision of establishing more local churches, they should be self-governing and self-propagating mm. and self-supporting. So cut from the funds of the wealthier West.
0: Yeah. Not reliant. Yeah. And this is such a big deal. I'm glad you brought it up because in a, in a time frame where colonialization was still a thing. Mm-hmm. Like early modern missions, um, you know, the West had conquered so much of the East and the South. And really to no avail, like um, coming in, trying to teach people to dress like Europeans, force them into European culture, trying to modernize them was actually unprofitable. And a lot of missions groups, um, I won't name any of them, went... With maybe more of a cultural intention than a gospel intention, mm-hmm. and so they're forcing, they're forcing culture, cultural ideas onto people, yeah. and that's for them. Success is to get the the locals to dress like a European and and to learn English, and rather than turning the work over to the to the nationals to the locals, uh, so that they can be they can be everything God made them to be mm-hmm. and reach their culture for yep. the gospel. That's I guess that's the primary difference there.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, uh, yeah. And so I'll piggyback off that. Uh, in just a second because there are some kind of you know negative sides that, that came out of okay. the modern missions movement. But mm-hmm. you're right. So that brings us all the way basically to where we are today. When mm-hmm. we look at our church and churches like ours, we take uh, you know, a lot of what we believe uh, uh, in missions from the Bible, you know, from the examples in Acts and, and and early missions, but we also take a lot of it from this modern missions movement and the idea that uh, we should take the gospel and in their language and into their culture without mm-hmm. compromising the gospel and the truth. Mm-hmm what's flexible is flexible and what's fixed is fixed. Yeah. And and then create these churches and turn them over and let them run with it. Right. And so, you know, that's that's our heart. Yeah. Uh, and that's what we're striving to do. And so, you know, we talked about the idea that that Satan wants to, to counteract. You know, early on he tries to kill all the Christians. He wants mm-hmm. to counteract the movement and then yeah. he wants to counteract by by just making sure there's no Bible, mm-hmm. right? It, it's unaccessible. Once that he says, I mean, once he sees that that won't happen, now you've got a proliferation of English Bibles, and then the idea that we should take the Bible into every language as well. Mm-hmm. You know, Satan begins this idea uh, of counterfeiting yeah. instead of directly counteracting. And right. So one thing that has has come out of maybe out of the missions movement is now the proliferation of Bibles mm-hmm. and the proliferation of English translations, and the idea that we can always be improving on God's Word yeah. and you know, or a, a, a translation for every church or every, you know, idea that comes up. Mm-hmm. You know, so that has swung out of the, the missions movement. Yeah, so there's an abuse
0: a, a of the concept of, oh, yeah. of getting the word into everybody's hand. Now the the Bible becomes evolutionary yeah. in nature, and, and we can always make improvements on it. So right. yeah, that's that's the flip side of that coin.
1: I will be excited for an emoji Bible, though.
0: <laughs> like just all, all stories and all emojis. The moment I'll, that I'll, happens I'll look at that. is the moment the Antichrist reveals himself. So... Oh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't get too excited Darned. about that.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's the, the next natural step, right? I, I got guess there. so. Uh, yeah, that that's a disappointing thought. But yeah, so, you know, so also coming out of, of missions and where we're at in, in just, you know, 21st century missions as really after World War II, uh, the, the push in missions started to shift away from the gospel and towards humanitarian work. Mm-hmm. And that is just grown and grown and grown. Not that there's anything wrong with also influencing, you know, lifespan or literacy rates or clean water or any of those things. Mm-hmm. It's the problem is that it comes at the, uh, you know, at the expense of the gospel. We only mm-hmm. have time to do one. So let's let's educate. Yeah. Let's make yeah. sure that the women's literacy is, you know, up to Western standards, but never take the time to give the gospel. Right. So specializing actually distracts from the, the gospel.
0: So you've got people who are going to do medical missions, but the gospel and the word of God isn't at the center of that right. work. You know, they see themselves as playing a role mm-hmm. um, versus you know encompassing the gospel mm-hmm. in whatever way they need. Yeah, right. that's interesting.
1: Yeah. So instead of you know your your talents or, or training being a tool, it becomes the primary thing, and then the gospel gets pushed to the back burner. Mm. Uh, and gets put to the side. You know, I, I am a nurse myself. Right. And even in my missions roles, I had to function as a nurse in order to stay in a country. So it was a tool. Mm-hmm. But every day, the primary focus was sharing the gospel. Right. right. So we've swung too far that way in modern missions. Uh, we're doing a really good job of helping people get smarter and, and healthier, yeah. um, just so they can live a little longer before they end up in hell. Uh, and probably one other idea that, that, uh, that came out of this same time period and push, uh, is the, also the proliferation of the, you know, the, uh, the agency instead mm-hmm. of the church. Yeah. And so again, uh, a counterfeiting, uh, of what is true in God's heart God using the local church as his agent. Equipping, uh, training, edifying. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. you get the church, the, the word and the spirit. Uh, and that's what you need to accomplish the work. Mm -hmm. Well, they've taken away the word and they're taking away the church and they're like, well, just run with us. Mm. And so you lose your authority structures and and your oversight. Uh, And so I think we've also swung probably too far in that direction as well. Not that there's necessarily anything wrong. Again, I went with a, a missions agency. Yeah. Uh, a good one that was able to help us get where we needed to go. Not all missions agencies. Yeah. Are bad. We
0: were a young church and we didn't yeah. we didn't know how to get you to where you needed to go on the mission yeah. field and, and this group
1: helped. Oh yeah. 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 And so that's history of missions. Man.
0: So okay. So as we as we close, because there's so much to say about this and so maybe we'll we'll do deep dives in other aspects yeah. of, of missions history in the future. But We've got young people um, who, you know, LFBI students, uh, people in, in churches, people that are listening to this, who have a heart for the mission field. They're they're interested in church planting. They want to develop themselves to be leaders and, and prepare themselves for whatever God has them, and that might include foreign missions. Mm-hmm. If this is an area of interest, you know, you mentioned earlier. Uh, reading some of the biographies of yeah. men like William Carey, that that's a great asset um, to to getting you know a, a sober view of what the mission field can be like. Mm-hmm. What are some other resources, other books that you you recommend in terms of better understanding modern sure. missions or or missions history or men and women within the movement?
1: Yeah, so any you know missionary biography, mm-hmm. and you can find a lot of them for free. Like on on Amazon if you've mm-hmm. got a Kindle you right. can get that version read them for free
0: yeah because they've been around for so long they're public domain right yeah yeah
1: uh, Fox's Book of Martyrs mm-hmm. you know looking at some of the struggles of, of Christian missionaries throughout yes, history. that'll get you to count the cost real quick real quick yeah. yeah 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 um, truth triumphant will cover a big swath swath of, of missions history mm-hmm. you know including the disciples uh, early church fathers and um, from from Israel to Iran Jaya. Um, more modern history of missions from about William Carey up to present. Mm. Um, Missionary methods, Saint Paul's or ours, by Roland Allen okay. it would be another book. Just yeah, in I've terms of that. you know, it's it's uh, you know more about philosophy and and the theology of missions, mm-hmm. and um, that would be some good places to start in terms of just looking at the history of missions, also a little bit to inform uh, your view of missions.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, with that said, maybe also make a pitch. You know, we've got an introduction to missions class that yes. you teach here, and then in the in the future, really in the next year or two, we're going to be rolling out um, eight week courses that focus on different areas mm-hmm. of of church planting, fundraising, aspects that mission missionaries need. Will become an integral part of, mm-hmm. of LFBI in our curriculum. But maybe make a pitch real quick for everybody taking that introduction to missions class
1: that you teach. That's it, man, you just said it. Uh, everybody should take it mm-hmm. because everybody needs to know where they came from. Mm-hmm. Everyone should know their history. Everyone should know the, the cost that that was counted by so many. Everyone mm-hmm. should recognize how easy uh, we have it in American Christianity at the moment. and uh, should be stirred by what has happened in the past. we will take, you know, the stuff we just took thirty minutes to cover mm-hmm. yeah, you yeah, know yeah. two and a half thousand years of history. Uh, we want to dive into that and break that down and get you a better handle on on what was going on historically, but you know, and socially, mm-hmm. there were a lot of movements in society that we briefly mentioned that were impacting you know missions as well. But everybody should do it. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, I agree, James. Uh, it's good to hang with you. We got another. Couple of interviews to do, um, that'll come out over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm excited about that as well. So thanks for joining me and enlightening us to, uh, to modern missions and, and how that impacts us even today. Yeah, so my thanks, pleasure. Man. And we want to thank you as well for joining us. For another episode of The Postscript, we're always hoping that these episodes are edifying and strengthening to you, inspiring. Uh, If this topic interests you, of course, we want you to take Introduction to Missions. It'll be in an upcoming semester, so keep an eye out for that. In the meantime, visit lfbi.org. Check out our whole uh, class roster, all the courses that we offer. They're all there and available to you to look at and to check out. We would love to have you join us uh, uh, for any of these classes that are leadership, developing, and uh, doctrinal in nature. But uh, we love you and we're grateful for you. God bless you and we'll see you again next week.